Hello everyone. Welcome back. Welcome. And to another DNE podcast. This the, is our tenth episode. The big double digits, big big importance here. <laughs> Didn't think we'd make it to the second episode. No. Didn't think we we're gonna make the first episode. How about that? That's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, one day will be it. How wild it is that we're here right. again. <laughs> I know. Whoa, another week. Whoa. Be grateful for the week that has passed. <laughs> Man, double, triple digits would be longer than a year. Well, it would be two years, really. It'd be two years of doing yeah. them if you're doing it once a week. How yeah. wild is that? That's actually pretty cool. I'll see. One, one day, maybe. Maybe we'll make it to the triple digits. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I think we just enjoy making each episode as they come. and yeah, it's interesting. It's just interesting to think about, is what I was thinking. Because that's a long time. <laughs> I mean, 10 episodes is 10 weeks. That's a, that's a decent amount of time. It feels that like is. it's gone pretty That quick. is like two months and a half almost. Yeah. Pretty good. Anyway, without further ado, we chose to do one topic today with multiple topics on top of it, but the one main topic... Very philosophical, very scientific, so we'll just talk about it. It's yeah, we figured we'd make a, a big overarching question for mm-hmm. the for the tenth episode. Yes. I mean we already talked about what is God, so I feel like that one wins on that sense, but that does. Um but this one is also a really big question and it is also something that people talk about mm, for many, many years. So what is love? What is love? Baby don't hurt me. <laughs> no more I know you did a lot of research into this one I I didn't do a whole lot but um, the conversation conversation kind of stemmed from uh, observations of relationships where they move really quickly and and we got thinking about the dopamine release and things moving quickly being possibly linked to just chemical imbalances in the brain releasing dopamine and then just chasing them okay let's start from the start you're starting half of it yeah what is your personal opinion on i'm kind of starting at what prompted the question what is your personal opinion on my personal opinion of love is gonna come i think it's close to that of a connection Mm -hmm. of of a of a bond of some sort that's built over time What's the difference between a friendship bond and like a love between you and your partner bond to you? See, I think it's going to come down to the the type of bond. So like, mm. and so I haven't done a whole lot of thinking into it, but okay. like you'll have a romantic relate. Like it's going to be synonymous with relationships really being love, but. I reckon like a you can have like a romantic bond. Well, I'm not sure actually. It is an interesting one. I know it's it's a hard question. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's a difficult thing because like, <laughs> I guess I'm trying to. I think an important part for my definition of love is it's gonna it's gonna include. Oh, I think it. I think it ought to include inanimate objects. I think love extends beyond just between humans okay if so that, you like loving your car or something of the sort well it's i i don't but i acknowledge that like that that is possible mm. I, like i think it's possible and that's why i think it should be included in 
my definition. I haven't thought of a definition. I haven't written one down. But what about like, let's say, had the sexual attraction and etc. You know, the feelings towards you and your partner. Although some people have really strong feelings about their like inanimate objects, really like cars. And but that's what. And that's what I'm. That's what I'm. That's my kind of question. It'd, like friends. As it'd well. be like what separates the what separates the love of the of the two and and my definition would want to be one that encompasses the love of mm-hmm. those things or love of experiences or love of moments beyond some like beyond just the but what it adds to it though you know because like i can say for example like what and makes i'll it- say it publicly i love you amen you're a really good friend well, Love but what is the brother? difference between this sort of love, right? And the like, the next level, right? So I'm not going to marry you. Like a, like a romantic. Fuck that. Like a, like a romantic type love. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the first time I swear on the podcast. How are you? Whoa. Right. Whoa. <laughs> I quickly forgot Whoa. what you said. <laughs> Sorry, no. That's fair. No, like between the... Um, okay, so the difference between like a friendship love and uh like a boyfriend or a girlfriend you know like a partner rather so how would i define like a romantic love what did yeah what did you define that Whoa. that's a hard one i reckon i don't know it is difficult <laughs> i have i have no idea i i and this is i think it's going to be similar to what prompted the questions i think it's going to be defined by some by some neuroscience yeah but neuroscience on a very really stupid level for me when you're loving like, someone you don't think about the neuroscience no you don't think it, about that's it what but I'm if asking. you have to define it okay i think that's how you define it i don't know um no but for your feelings like you know have you have you ever loved someone Aiden? well so this is a, i don't oh. know i don't know dan oh. you have those like you think you'd have yeah, that well yeah but how would you describe but, though, that but, type of love but, but have you but have, well, that's for you to decide on I this, right? I don't know how I would define them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An attraction? <laughs> An is attraction? It, is it attraction? I mean, attraction is apparently just, is part of it, scientifically is, is speaking. It's just too, simple, too simplified of a definition, though, being like just one word. <laughs> I mean, it's part of it, apparently. for Scientifically speaking, it seems to be the... It's like the a sev- first part just of like it. a severe yeah and that's and yeah and then it, it would probably extend into <clears> the, <throat> the bond mm. what about yourself what about me that's that's interesting man because i don't know either and i've been thinking about it for a whole week <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> differently than you i actually have thought about it and i don't know how to even describe it right because I would say I have fell in love and I have fallen out of love and I have felt love, but that's just by description, you know, you've been with someone and you've said you love them and that's like how you would and describe that's what I, it. That's what I mean. I'm like, <clears throat> I, like, I feel like I have felt it. Mm-hmm. But. Well, it's a hard description, right? Because some people say that they fall in love so deeply that they stay with that person forever you know or yeah that's that's how you choose your partners for life right which is a crazy one to think about for me for myself really i don't know 
Yeah, I don't know. Crazy. I don't know, actually. I'm going to retrieve that one before it continues. It lingers on because I do not believe that. What's it's not this? crazy people that fall in love and actually continue in love. It's just something that I haven't felt before. Right, it'd be unfamiliar to you. Yeah. But these things, <clears throat> and this is where my definition would be encompassing of things that you have loved and then continue to love and people yeah. like See, that. Just, I find, not, just maybe not in the romantic context. I find that interesting because... Um, people say when you're in love, you have no doubt, you have no this, you have no that, right? That's, yeah, I'm such a nerd <laughs> in have... the, that sounds just like something's blocking your vision. <laughs> yeah, the blindness of it, right? Yeah. Opposed to, the, you know, describing <clears throat> the potency of, of love. Yeah. Well, but coming back to what I was saying, because yeah. what is love to me, um, so, I don't specifically know. It's just a feeling, I guess. It's yeah. It's not, scientifically speaking. But to me, is a feeling that you feel that you're very obsessed with this one person and you just really can't get, out of, get them out of your head, really. Like, and that really happens before the relationship or during like the first part of the relationship, at least to me. Yeah. No, that sort of goes I mean, away, which yeah. is sad. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. But it is like the whole idea of you continuously think of this one person of, or like if we're even talking about inanimate objects, you think of that one thing for like every single day there's not one day that you go without at least thinking a second of it just that plays thing. in your mind constantly all the time and you know what's funny you think more about that thing when you cannot have it which is really really funny i never really experienced it that much but when you actually There's, like someone yeah. when you just like right you, i wouldn't yeah. even say you love that person yet yeah but you like you're obviously playing the idea of it in your mind, and you can't get out of it. But like you've never been with that person, you don't know at all yeah, about yeah, that yeah. person. And it's like a yeah, yeah. I think I, I understand. Is an interesting one. It's like, are you in love? Probably not. But like, ah, uh, you could be. Yeah. Is See, it, I li- is that it? <laughs> I like your definition. I think it's one that like we can all relate to. Mm-hmm. But I think in hearing it. I've discerned a big difference between defining love and defining like loving something first being in love with something. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a difference? Like I, th- I think there's a difference. I don't know how to define it. See, I understand. Well, how I would classify the difference would probably be when you're in love is, would be like that initial part of love when you like, that's the obsessive sort of idea I reckon is when you're falling into it you know you're falling in love you're in love you're like going into the experience so that's when you're putting effort into it and like trying your best to make that thing happen and then being in love is when you actually maintain afterwards is what I would describe you love that person but you're not technically in love anymore or you Pro, like See, that, you, you've you've like, come past that initial state, you know. Yeah, that's how I would define it. I don't know though. But it's kind of like you can love your friends, but oh, you're not okay. in love with your friends. Okay, does that make sense? So in like, love I think is that's more the de- of a... that's the definitional difference for me. Mm, okay, 
Interesting. Yeah. I don't know how I would define because love is thrown around pretty elusively, right? Like, and it's been, I, I, I love think this to song. some degree, it's been, in, been obscured by like Hollywood. And yeah, I love this song. I love this movie. I love your voice. It's a great voice. <laughs> you know, it's. <laughs> It just gets used. It's so it's thrown synonymous around. with the word like, really, a lot of the times. It is. And I think that causes a confusion, even to people, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you just like someone but you, because you feel a little obsessed about that person you think you're in love. It's interesting that we're drawing similarities between, like, loving something as being liking it and being in love with something as being obsessed with it. Yeah. Yeah, I, oh, you're right. Could could someone not be obsessed about their friend, though? Well, because there is obsession. Someone be in love with their partner and not obsessed. I think. Apparently, the obsession, scientifically speaking, apparently yeah. the obsession part always happens, right? Yeah. And then you fall out of that obsession and you kind of chill after, right? So you, yeah. you become more platonic and that's when the kind of blindness apparently goes away and you see things for what they are and that's when your relationship really becomes stable um should i start talking about my research yeah go go for it i was okay. I, I was about to, i was about to ask for a bit of the descriptor there yeah okay so apparently neuroscience divides um love into three stages right so you have the first stage which is lust so you feel an attraction and you basically just want that person, right? You're not obsessed, but you, and you're kind of indifferent about the idea, but you want to like have a, sex it's, with it's them. Like it's like, it's, it's a selfish motive. It is a selfish motive. You, and we can and go yeah. back to the brain part, right? Where you also watched what I was watching with yeah. like the whole idea of like what different parts and things. It's based on, it's like work. a sensory thing where you almost have to, it sounded like you have to pass something of a test, a visual, a visual inspection. It's kind of very an auditory, a, a smell. Yeah. A first kiss being taste. Like you have, it's, you, those it's things primitive. Have to, yeah. These things have to be checked off. Basically the idea is not even, well, you can call it selfish, and we should definitely talk about selfish and selflessness one day on this podcast. But apart from that, apparently what happens is your self. You just want to... And, and that's where people might disagree as well sometimes. But scientifically speaking, it would be your brain wanting to mate, right? Your brain wants to continue <laughs> your existence, your... Um, yeah. your species existence right your your brain's hardwired for that is yeah it wants to continue your bloodline correct so what the idea is is on the first part which is last you have a spiking testosterone which is basically what makes you horny <laughs> right is what makes you in want both men in both men and women the testosterone correct you have an attraction and you want to work on it <laughs> i don't want to repeat having sex that many times although yeah, I, <laughs> I mean it sounds pretty crucial to this first it is this first stage being a, like the driver for further I mean, investigation it makes sense right and on yeah. the video that you were watching with me is basically the idea you look at someone you find them attractive you'll come closer to that someone right See, but i was interested in the fact that it just described it as like a a senses and then like 
the visual visual comes first. So yeah, they the visuals pass, are they first. They pass visual inspection. Well, it has to be right. <laughs> yeah. So then they pass the visual ins- inspection, and like your attraction, your last desires for your other senses to go go and test See, but there's more this person. it was more to it as well so yeah. you have the vision first it happens yeah. first and then you go to that person and you have and then you have the f- second one which would be the smell right yeah. so the yeah, smell yeah. and i think you remember that so basically for man it um it, it's for men and women's more than just perfume and cologne and you have like for men it would be something more apparently spikes of testosterone happen when men can smell uh women under ovulation or closer to yeah, ovulation i heard that yeah and then women are more attracted to men who have opposites mhcs which I don't know how to describe that one, but I know what it is. It's just just um, a fighting yeah. s- like it's a it's a pheromone that l- tells you your ability to fight off um, diseases and etc. Yeah, it's got something to do with the immune system. I yeah, think, it's your so. immune system, and women like the opposite because that means your offspring will be stronger. Yeah, it'll mm-hmm. complement. It'll complement yeah. yours. It'll add and, on to it, which it, is it'll balance out. Which I, which sick. I have heard before that it that it's that like natural bo is a kind of good indicator of in of of attraction. You know, mm. the, I think what I saw ages ago was they lined up ten sweaty shirts, and it's like the people smelt the 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 sweaty <laughs> shirts, yeah. and the one who smelt the best was then like just and then they without knowing who was wearing what shirt, that person was naturally attracted to the person who made yeah. that same shirt wear off. But they say the, re- the research is more like, the, the smell doesn't really matter, you know, like, because other pe- because the idea is, it's not really the smell. The smell is the, the indicator. Of whatever is in yeah. that person. So like, you, your sweat just... <laughs> it's interesting. I just want to inject in here the... Mm. The fact that we use colognes and and deodorants and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think that masks this process at all? Or like... I don't know. Do you reckon our society has actually moved that a little bit on the sense of we put all these things on so we can smell better? Are there... There, there aren't pheromones on cologne, but right? Is it, do you think it interrupts the natural process? I by, don't know. By the sounds of it, it may. Yeah, but some people don't like smelly people, you know? No, I'm not. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, so I don't know what, because personally, I can smell differently depending of what I'm doing, and even sometimes, even if I do the same exercise, is dependent on the food that I had before. You know, the, yeah. If I've been having water, so the smell can be more intense or less intense. Yeah, I get you. Which means that these pheromones might must must be something that's not consciously smelled. No, it must not be. Like, I think it's beyond our yeah. brains are pretty capable of doing pretty of crazy just, stuff of just being aware yeah. of, of just picking up on the yeah I get yeah. you but I don't know though someone may love the smell that we don't like you know it's that's it like I don't there is no good or bad on that one a lot of, a lot of people have favorite smells yeah which would increase attraction but usually bad smells are pretty agreed upon yeah <laughs> yeah 
I think also like a good smelling person probably just kind of like indicates the level of cleanliness. Yeah, cleanliness is a which well, would, that, which would increase attraction. That even throws back to visual, right? If someone smells good, they probably are looking good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They smell mm. more clean. Yeah, it's probably someone who you want to be with over someone who doesn't. Yeah, and then apparently the next one. So I think eyes is the first and then the others just happen simultaneously, basically, right? Yeah, as as you get closer. Yeah, and then you have the ears, which would be like voices. Yeah, how the, how the voice sounds. Men look for more high-pitched voice, which indicates smaller women. And apparently, <laughs> look, man, if you like taller women, that's not, that's not what I'm saying here, okay? That's, that's what they described. <laughs> By the sounds of it, it was kind of like um, just lesser so than yourself. Yeah. Like if you used yourself as a baseline. Well, and women look for low-pitched voices. Indicating higher body mass. Correct. the vague idea. It is but a I vague think, idea. I think that sounds like from the context of the, the subjective point of view of the listener. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. But I have no idea where they got this information. <laughs> so, well, no, um, no I idea. think they just ran data like they yeah. ran tests and that's what seemed to be more yeah yeah um, i get your yeah. but it also makes sense though uh see i love these scenarios where we say it makes sense but it makes sense just because it's what we're familiar with yeah but see what we're familiar with is usually what other people are pretty familiar with as well right but doesn't necessarily mean it makes sense well, because we're familiar with it means it does make sense because that's our evolutionary state, right? I guess. If it makes sense, it's the most common. But yeah. Yeah, you got me in now. You got me in now like a... What What does it mean for something to make sense? What does that... <laughs> Nothing makes sense. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Wrong conversation though. <laughs> no, I know. You just... <laughs> nope. The, the thought just... The thought just expanded in my brain. Just... just I like that one and we should talk about it. Really, but really quick. No. <laughs> absurdism. Pretty sure that's a really long one and I would love to talk it's about whole, it. It's a whole thing of philosophy, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to insert it there, I was um, looking into cynicism today. Cynicism? Like cynics. Oh, yeah. That was really cool to look at. But again, not the point. <laughs> maybe towards the end of the episode. Yeah, maybe if we run out of content. There's a lot of content on this one though. Um, apparently after those you have the touch right and touch is very apparently is very um, what's the word powerful Mm, well it is powerful yes but it's kind of dependent on environment so if it's cold if it's warm people feel different about things oh yeah so that's what they were saying you were there man <laughs> i was there when they were talking about so the, they give they gave the a cup of coffee release. they kept a cup of coffee so they ran a test and they gave a cup of coffee to the participants yeah without telling them the experiment had started whoever held the cup of coffee and um they got described a person they labeled that person as happy social and natured and the people who held the cold coffee and were told the same story described that person as cold, stoic, and unaffectionate. Which is interesting. Very, very interesting. It is interesting. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I have... 
but very interesting. <laughs> it sounds like more of a projection of their current like situation because generally people don't want to be cold. <laughs> I'm gonna make a next date. I'm just giving them hot drinks, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> hey, but we're in Australia, so I feel like you're gonna be on the warm side. Of, you're always on the warm side. You're gonna be on the warm side anyway. Hot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe, true. maybe that's why people get, like going for coffee. Oh, maybe it's no. also convenient. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but maybe it's a good trick. There's a lot of things to it as well. Yeah, well, it is because coffee also energizes you, and there's more yeah. to it, I guess. But it's an interesting one. But I think maybe that's why people do have dates when they have when they live in very cold places where they go drink something warm, you know. I mean, that kind of makes a lot of sense, just like not on the date level, but like... It's a nice, cozy environment. It is, but that's where you kind of want to pass it on, right? Cozy means the other person is going to be f- feeling comfortable, and that's what you want at the end of the day, right? Yeah. And if you're comfortable, you're also going to have warm feelings, so... Yeah. I love... What was the chemical that releases during touch? Did you, did you write it down? Um, I forgot it. Oh, I did actually. It was um, but I loved it because it was saying oxytocin, 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 oxytocin. I loved that it said that it released that gets released even in non-romantic touching. Yeah, so it's like it's still... between a parent and yourself, or yeah, yeah. But still, if you're trying to develop love, it doesn't have to be in a sexual manner. Yeah, for this hormone to release. This is interesting because scientifically, love is specifically for procreation, which is a funny one, and we see it differently, right? Yeah. But scientifically speaking, it's all biological, which is which, interesting. <laughs> Again, <laughs> makes sense. It does. I know I don't like saying that now while these thoughts are. What is making sense? Of, of nothing makes sense you know, going around in my brain. But like. It makes sense. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, anyway, so after all those things happen, you have the first kiss, which apparently releases. Which is going to be a taste. Noropilov. <laughs> oh, neuropil. Yeah. Uh, no idea. I, I cannot ne- say it. Neuroperephrine? There we go. I think that sounds the most that, reasonable. I'm okay. going to take it. Yes. Science words, man. I don't know who <laughs> made them, but goddamn, they're complicated. Hey. But basically, what mm-hmm. that means, right, is your body. So that pheromone apparently is released when you endanger it as well. And. Oh, really? Yeah, so, but, which is really interesting. But basically what it, what it does is um, it's not because you're in danger, it's just you know something important is happening. So it's, and, and what the video even said is that's why they even believe that you never forget your first kiss because... <laughs> it's the first time this gets released in Masters. Ever, yeah. And apparently, and that enhances memory and that's why that theory rands as well oh. um, so it blocks distractions so you get eternal vision towards a person if if that first kiss was good actually might actually say that right if that first kiss was good 
that will happen what i'm describing now if it wasn't yeah, good i think you there is a high chance you're gonna fall out of the situation yeah it's again um, the sensory checklist and yeah once all the boxes are complete taste being the kiss is is usually last on this list and yes once it's all complete then your body will kind of be like i <laughs> yeah so it, it apparently let's get ready for enhances something. your focus right yeah, yeah. and it um it changes your time perception and you just perception of your overall environment and enhances memory that is interesting it is and crazy. that really correlates to in danger right which is interesting because those are things you also would need when you're in danger right you 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 need a tunnel vision towards it towards a problem yeah yeah so love is danger everybody it was interesting <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna interject the boxing match i, I was in on the on, over the weekend did you want to give a brief description <laughs> I'll firstly touch on what I was going to say. Yeah. In that I was talking to someone who does amateur level fights and he was saying this nervousness that you think you're feeling mm. is is excitement. Mm. <laughs> or use it as excitement. And I'm just kind of thinking about it in the context of what you're saying and I think it's 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 similar. I think like the feeling was 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 similar. There was also nerves, but stomach butterflies. Um, I didn't really have stomach butterflies. Is that what they're called? Um, yeah, I had a, a good heart sinking kind of moment yeah. on like during the day, but um, Sounds like no, it, it really. was this, it was there, there was a hundred percent of something happening in my body that was I was more aware there was something that was biologically preparing me. Okay, <laughs> like I like. I knew psychologically something big was about to happen that mm-hmm. day and I could feel my body was like I, <laughs> preparing for it. See, that's interesting because if if we go back to the tunnel vision thing, right? It's just sort of like that if you if you really just focus on that tunnel vision and nothing's happening because this, this gets released when you are in danger, right? And you know you would be in danger in a few hours so when you exactly. have the when you have that feeling and obviously that is probably being like released into into your body you start getting anxious and just right and then it scared. becomes it becomes the host of a bunch of other emotions yep but what this guy was saying is that it's interesting in that you could use that energy for excitement mm-hmm. which it sounds like in the context of love or attraction here is that it gets used it, it gets used for excitement but well, it's a very, but that the, they're very similar feelings. Well, let me let me tell you something. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, please. that's not the case. No. No. So, going back to the second stage of okay. neuroscience, right? Yep. After lust, you have the attraction phase. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And the attraction phase, you have. Uh, oh, the word again. Look at that. Neuro, neuro, how do you say? <laughs> no idea. Neurofilin, neuronepinephrine, or something. Oh well, you're really good at that. Man. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so did cycle that gets in, that gets increased. So that increases heart race, um, and you lose appetite. It releases glucose. I remember they said mm-hmm. for more energy, appetite, and sleep. Finally enough. So it increases your sleep? No, it decreases. Oh, okay. It decreases yeah. your appetite that and sleep. Yep. So yeah. We're, yeah, we're increasing appetite, 
increasing glucose to give you energy and it's decreasing sleep it's like you're uh, you're alert now yep you're about to be doing stuff and heart rate increases so your your entire body's working on this feeling yeah blood flow starts yep and then you have a increase in serotonin as we already predicted right yeah which is pretty obvious (laughs) it's you're happy you get fat serotonin if you're happy 100%. and it has a decrease in serotonin so an increase in serotonin and a decrease decrease in serotonin, in serotonin increase in dopamine sorry did i say oh, serotonin that's yes, my bad yes, so yes. increase in dopamine which gets released into your brain and you get a decrease in serotonin and why is that funny <laughs> because serotonin apparently is what is in charge of your calmness and your what is it um, peace of mind basically right okay. so during that stage you become more anxious <laughs> about the yeah. situation and um, because of the increase in dopamine that means that and this everyone that has been through this will understand lows are really lows and highs are really high yeah yeah and that's basically what happens so that's the second stage of the three scientific experiments. That's really, that's really interesting. I never knew yeah. the difference between serotonin, serotonin and, dopamine. and dopamine. No. Me neither. I still don't. <laughs> but I know they do different things when you fall in love. Look at that. <laughs> it sounds like they do different things in general. Like, mm-hmm. what did you say serotonin was? So serotonin is in again? charge of a calmness and peace. Serotonin. And dopamine, I would assume, is just in charge of happiness. Right? So you're going to become lash- less rational thinking. But when you're, dopamine... But you're, like, happy. It's less rational in a good way. Um, well, maybe. Subjectively. See, I th- yeah, that's very subjective, actually. <laughs> I think dopamine increases basically you being dumb dopamine <laughs> is quick you, dopamine is quick your, to do things yeah, dopamine you feel you feel good yeah it's, like, it's yeah it's just a good way of thinking yeah it's, it's a drug yeah if you have a high like dopamine in your brain and you yeah you feel th- i guess that's when you're impulsive right when you feel amazing and that's what your brain will get <clears throat> your brain will want more of that yeah okay interesting it'll get addicted to it and serotonin is in charge of peace and calm so i guess it's a very interesting one um yeah i like that anyway so that is the stage that you are technically quote unquote a hostage and you start feeling a bit crazy tunnel vision right as explained before and it triggers your reward system in your brain so yeah that's what we we're talking about last time which we spoke we've spoken about in the past very interesting how we did zero research on that and we got it and we still tied yeah what ha- happiness to being an evolutionary the evolutionary driver for happiness is being that it's going to further your survival mm-hmm. because of the rewards yeah yeah and this is like oh you've found someone who's potentially going to extend your blood bloodline release reward into the brain you need to pursue this more yeah and i I believe if we're talking about evolutionary and the serotonin decrease would be because you don't want to lose that yeah so you start you start acting in weird ways to make sure that you don't actually make sure that it doesn't escape but let's go back to that for a second right you have the dopamine increase as well which means very lows are very lows sorry lows are very lows and highs are very highs maybe it's just your brain deciding if that's actually 
what you want because on the very lows you can really really well choose to just not pursue that i think my my interpretation of like just literally what you're saying like i'm taking just my personal experience out of it and just going what you're saying go for it (laughs) is that dopamine you feel amazing you Uh you want to you want to continue feeling amazing but acknowledging the lows are really low um when you factor in a loss in serotonin the second the dopamine release goes down a little bit the low feels a lot more low than it would usually feel and hence you act maybe slightly irrational to get what this is saying is your dopamine continues high it's just because the dopamine is still high and you have going through a low it feels really low i get you which is really interesting because we are tying dopamine with being happy yeah when this is tying dopamine to just being a chemical that gets released in your body for different reasons so we're trying to being happy because why what dope why does dopamine make you happy <laughs> no we're tying dopamine to happiness yeah yeah that's that's generally the like that's that's what dopamine does see but apparently not when you're falling in love i don't know what you so your dopamine is still high but you're still going through the low and right. that's why it feels very low. So you're not happy. But your body's releasing a lot of dopamine. Yeah, still. Huh. Maybe it's just being blocked at receptors or something. Maybe, I don't know. It's it's a funny one. That's why I tied it back because that is a that is something that I noticed here that feels almost strange. <laughs> yeah. But that's apparently that part is a when you feel per- very obsessive. A point, a point for further investigation. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently that's when you start feeling very obsessive towards someone. And that's because of the low serotonin. Well, the lower serotonin and the high dopamine. Yeah. 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 And I think the high dopamine <clears throat> release and the... Was that, what was the other one that was made the obsessed? It was serotonin, dopamine and and oh are you gonna just try to make me say it again oh, the neuro-nephrine, nephrine, I think. there you go <laughs> yeah, nephrinephrine nephrinephrine i did it but some touch <laughs> <laughs> but it has a neuro at the beginning of it doesn't it neuro-nephrinephrine uh what is it ne- neuro neuro i think so neuro-nephrine no neuro no <laughs> Hey, English is your second language. Nepinephrine. Yeah, I don't think that's because language is my second language, I'll be honest. But yeah, let's, let's go fair, with that. To be fair, I did psych for a little bit. So maybe these words just are a little more familiar to myself. Yeah, well, there you go. I don't really talk about things in the brain very much apart from serotonin and dopamine because experiences. It is kind of... Well, <laughs> dopamine is kind of like, a, 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 like such a... I I do not have the words to describe it. See, I think dopamine is just the high. It's such a central part to yeah describe how we feel and and a lot of what we do. Can I tie back a little bit to drugs, right? Yeah. Drugs, a, a lot of drugs. Um, not I guess not all of them. I'm not gonna generalize it, but also I'm not gonna sp- divide them. <laughs> so I guess I'm generalizing. Oh, you can name them though. Well, I don't know. So drugs are usually release a lot of dopamine into your brain right so i know i know cocaine releases a lot of dopamine Mm -hmm. and then also blocks (laughs) off the receptors so we're just going to hell in neuroscience talk but yeah there's like a there's it's the gap between the 
you're gonna break my point just, here yeah 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 okay yeah, yeah, yeah. you go yeah <laughs> let me finish it first and then you go into that tangent you go you go you all go. right so when you high you can still have a really bad time but your brain is still releasing dopamine we are really wrong in classifying I dopamine understand. as happy dopamine really makes you a lot really happy but it can make you really sad as well it seems or really scared or really terrified right yeah yeah okay i get i i understand what you're saying just uh, i guess it's just a high like the ooh, you know <laughs> no i i understand what you're saying i can't like from personal experience uh-huh like anecdotally but i mean i i'm not actually no <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> no. But I think you've had an experience that you could but I don't, say this, yeah? But I don't think that's dopamine release. But I think it is. That's what it's doing to your brain. And that's what it relates to this and to drugs and having a bad time. Oh, we're just keeping the listeners in the dark as to <laughs> what drug. <laughs> oh, pff, the listeners can <laughs> chill. <laughs> Look, they make their own... Every drug you can have a bad trip on, man. I don't know what to say. See, and that's like, I agree with that point, but not all drugs are dopamine releasing. No. I know MDMA is serotonin releasing uh-huh. and I know cocaine is dopamine releasing. Okay. I don't know if any of the other drugs, those chemical releases are part of the drug experience. Like I, like they will change your perception. They'll release other chemicals. They will introduce other chemicals to your brain. But I don't think that like, and that might enhance. I'm tying back to this man. I'm, yeah. I'm making a connection here. No, and that's why yeah. so, I think the way to connect it is like those that might influence your perception and your influence perception may increase dopamine release in certain moments or, or I think or dopamine is a euphoria. And euphoria yeah. isn't technically always good. You can feel yeah. extremely... I guess euphoria is connected to good. So I did use the wrong word here. Yeah. I'm thinking of like the... as a feeling. as a feeling. And the same feeling that I have felt having a panic attack. Very, very similar. To euphoria. It's just the the you, you uh, see it's very very hard to explain very very hard to explain on this it's one just a lot happen yeah you just you, <laughs> it doesn't I've, even have to be a lot but you feel like a lot's happening and you feel overwhelmed extremely overwhelmed and that may not be dopamine release though but yeah. i know that drugs actually That's, do that that sounds you. like the chemical or whatever's being released like the mode that your body goes into to to prepare for something that sound, sound, sounds like that. Well, the sounds by the video who was talking about neuroscience <laughs> yeah. is that because of the increased dopamine, you have very highs and very lows Yeah. because of the low serotonin and high That's dopamine. interesting. I, will have to, well, I reckon we do have to look in a little bit. To, I think so, but I think of why you feel the lows even during a dopamine high. I um, believe we just look at dopamine wrong at this point. I mean, I believe me and you do, yeah, but I yeah. feel like if we searched it, we'd be able to find yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll find it. Yeah. But that's we'll really get, interesting. We'll get back to you in the, in the, in the in 11th the episode with, with, with an update. <laughs>
<laughs> we never update though. We keep saying we, we never will, update. We, never I... do. <laughs> we promise one day we will. One day, one day. <laughs> we'll the, just like go back with in the, the book. in the in the 57th episode. I, I swear <laughs> I'll update. <laughs> All right, so let's continue to where there's we were, a, right? There's, there's a third stage. There is a third stage, and that is the last stage, is when you stop being so obsessed with that person. So, okay. But you feel so, attachment. So beginning phase is going to be... Lust. Is going to be a biological lust. It's going to kind of... It sounds like it's happening before you even see the person. Mm-hmm. And then you go through the sensory checklist. Your body prepares... I think no, so 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 no. Wait, go back. It, yeah. it it happens a bit during as well. So it would be some the, the, be the driver. It's basically like you're still at the first stage, yeah. quote unquote, lost while you having in like sex with that person. Yeah, and sometimes you like if you have like for example friends with benefits, that's still the last stage, right? And for however long it goes, and then when it ends and then that's when relationships tend to either end or continue into the second stage is going to be dependent on this third uh, no so the second one is the obsession stage the trapping stage so so if you if you're in like a friends with benefits quote unquote and you just don't feel obsessed about that person you're still on the quote unquote last stage yep yep yeah so I get you it's not only the checklist mm. takes time. Yes. I get you. Yes. I mean, the checklist is instantaneously. There's senses that we were talking about. But the but the first stage is a lot longer. Yeah. So It's kind of a driving force. Yeah. The checklist happens on the last stage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the third... So the second stage is the attractions when you feel obsessed and you just want to... I don't know. Yeah. I figured I'd just give a quick recap before we yeah. the third. No, yeah. I know. You just got it wrong. So I had to... That's, Jump in. <laughs> yeah, I get you. I understand. <laughs> yeah, so you can continue to recap. What was the second nah, one? No, that was my recap. What's the second one, bro? Wow, the second, <laughs> the second one. Did you say there was the attraction? Attraction, yeah. The attraction? Yeah. I thought that was the I thought that was the sensory checklist and then the, no, the, so the chemical lust, releases. Lust is the checklist. Oh, lust is the checklist. And then yeah. and then after that, it's going to come. No, the, so lust is the checklist and the friends benefit stage. If oh, geez, there is a friends bro. benefit stage. Yeah, what was the second stage? Again? The second stage is attraction. It's when you feel obsessed. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. when you want that to happen. Which basically. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Which tying back to what you were saying. <laughs> makes sense, right? On the sense of you go through the last stage and that's when your brain kind of chooses. So when you're on the second stage, even if you have lows, you still want to continue it because your brain has already been, ha- has already gotten used to the reward system of that person. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And then you have the third stage, which is attachment. Yay. Yay is when you actually stop feeling as obsessed. Your dopamine and serotonin levels go back to normal. <laughs> Whatever normal is for you. and um this is when a lot of relationships can end apparently on the sense of that's when you stop being blind towards the other person things become more real that sounds like what we would traditionally call the honeymoon phases and ends the end of the honeymoon phase yeah. yeah i probably would call the attachment stage the honeymoon phase yeah yeah um yeah so you don't that's when you have a bigger attachment and you move on to next levels, for example, mating and having kids and et cetera. So 
Yeah. Very interesting. That's interesting. Yes. I love how we're going to talk zero seconds about attachment. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it sounds closer to my definition of love. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? It's when you in for life, basically, is the idea. Well, yeah, it's the bond has happened yeah. through the neuroepinephrine release and the and the dopamine and all this. It's just kind of like that. That is interesting, actually. The 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 neuroscience behind it all. Yeah, it is really cool how it works, and um, yeah, it's sick. It's such a... I really like what the girl was saying on the video about how it's so wired into our, like, love or what we would describe as love if this if love is this process. Hmm. That it's wired into our brains. But it sounds like a very biologically... Yeah, in important. there. Yeah. Hmm. See, that's what I've researched. But there was a little bit more that I researched, but I never really actually got to write down, which was the philosophy side of it and i wanted to go into the religious side of it but i never really got to um but the philosophy side kind of interesting and i already talked to you a little bit about it off 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 air mike yeah (laughs) um i don't know much about it plato described a drunken comedian explaining love and what that drunken comedian would say is that as they believed back in back then is that men and women used to be one and then Zeus one day got angry and just cut them in two so you two divided yeah and then basically the idea is when you find your other half you are whole again well, it's like yeah you would have yeah yeah you'd have to be with the other person to feel whole yeah yeah because you're no longer attached together so you have to be with that person it's an interesting view but that's how he described the comedian explaining love i like that view yeah i like that view there were a few see this this is the sad part where i didn't write it down and i wish i could explain more and i wish i could talk more to it as well yeah um but i (laughs) have not looked into anything so I'd be only thank you, Eamon. I know, my bad, my bad. I think from the philosophical point of view, the only, the only thing that I can offer is from the existential point of view. I remember a lot of the people that I read kind of said that love and relationships were a hindrance from you following your purpose. It was just like another distraction or something. It's a part of it. Okay. Yeah, but like I kind of tend to disagree with it. Because oh, so it's basically a distraction to it. That's funny. I yeah, like, like they believe that it was a distraction to you living your, living out your purpose on on, on in this planet. Oh wow. Okay. But like again, I, I tend to agree, disagree with it just from the biological view of like I disagree too. desiring to extend your bloodline. But I mean, you don't technically need to be in love to reproduce, right? That's what animals do. Yeah. So you could just continue bloodline and yeah, not ever well, fall in love there's a lot of contextual like yeah i think a lot of these philosophers are like <laughs> middle-aged men <laughs> who've been doing philosophy their whole lives so true maybe they're just talking to themselves <laughs> trying to they're grounding themselves yeah, they're like they're oh, i never fell in love <laughs> yeah. they're trying to make themselves feel better <laughs> you don't need this to no <laughs> just 
It's a distraction from your purpose. Keep writing philosophy, bro. I mean... See, I said I disagreed earlier, but I don't even think I disagree with it. There's, there's no agree or disagree in the sense of how people view it, right? Because we don't have an answer to it, so... No. There is no right or wrong. So if they decide that love is a distraction to their own purpose, then they are correct. As, And if we believe the biological sense is correct as well, then we are also correct. If my view is different than yours, we're both correct because it's just something that no one has ever really been able to study yes. or prove. Study and prove. <laughs> People have studied it, not proved yeah. anything. And even then, all, all science is quote-unquote theory. It kind of is. I was looking into this today, and it doesn't really have anything to do with love, but it's interesting, um, like, just brain... What was it? Um, brain evolution is more sociology than biology at from one point is i was reading this article okay um it's more of a nature versus nurture yeah it's more your environment versus wait that'll be biological <laughs> it's more your see i think everything is biological but i should well, have no, read no, that article n- nurture is going to be your environment yeah Na- nature is going to be your how your brain is developing i think so i know i'm not too sure it wasn't any like philosophical or anything of the sort it was just a small article but yeah didn't really read it so <laughs> i'm <laughs> just, not gonna go into it just skimmed over it i think to to look back i think i think love is definitely gonna tie it to a biological oh i think de- so definition i think so a, a, a desire to extend the the bloodline i think it makes yeah not just bloodline but just your species in general right just, yeah you just want to move you want to continue society and in that sense it sounds like it is super strong (laughs) right i mean yeah i think it is like the most important thing as i would see is extending the existence of your race yeah i think so i mean that's the whole people hate this but that is the whole purpose of animals (laughs) at this point Injuncture. Yeah. yeah. Well, we create purposes, but our as, entire purpose is really to be born, procreate, and die. Not everyone follows that, and that's fine. You believe whatever you want. There's no correct or wrong, but scientifically, <laughs> that's what we're here to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. A part of me feels like there's a duty to do that, though. Yeah. I mean, that's just your. Gi- just given. That's uh, your brain speaking, man. That's yeah. your animalistic brain speaking. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's interesting because I, um, philosophy kind of ties a little to it as well, right? It's, just, it's like life doesn't really matter in a sense. Your experiences don't really matter in a sense. You, you enjoy it as it comes through, but you also shouldn't feel sad if you lose things. So it's the, I think it all kind of ties back to even science on the sense of nothing really matters. You're here for like, three things <laughs> so like your everything else is just side missions <laughs> i love the expression side missions it's crazy it's a little quests to complete yeah i mean <laughs> it feels that way right we put our careers in the first place we put yeah. this and that on our first place but really what we're doing and what we as animals is we're trying to survive yeah yeah 
yeah, and, and yeah. Your, your body wants that people um, who try to commit suicide even sometimes your body undoes what you're doing because it's like no you must stay alive <laughs> what do you mean like uh, um so <laughs> this is interesting actually um probably the way i word it was real weird i mean i've but, heard of the, i've heard that it's impossible to drown yourself yes because your body pulls you out yeah your body will naturally be like nah uh-uh but is that what you're talking about basically and you have also like people who jumped bridges for example right and survived i've seen this guy yeah and it's just like apparently that's just a common thing where your brain you 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 jump and you hit a wow that was a huge mistake moment yeah the, the <laughs> second it ha- i've heard this actually yeah like the second that happens <laughs> god damn man bless you <laughs> oh thank you thank you thank you was that the devil leaving your body or something is is sneezing <laughs> isn't that why they bless me? well that was random is, i don't know is that, that is that why i think so uh, i think uh, i think back in the back in the old days damn they, it, some people had a lot of devil in themselves <laughs> yeah right everyone who's sick <laughs> <laughs> i mean that makes quite a bit yeah, of sense in a it's trying to why not, you tell that bad story it, it's trying to not extend the, the your life wait what what story that's why people would say that right oh yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> You're sick. There's the devil inside you. You're clearly not good. It's, yeah, it's trying to kill, <clears throat> trying to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting. <laughs> I love the way the religion kind of inserts itself into yeah into practical ideas when you start looking at it from that point of view, from a less story driven side. Regardless. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm yeah. a little. Uh, less. We we sidetracked. Big. Yeah. I've sidetracked big time. Do you think these love stages apply to inanimate things? Inanimate things. Yes. I think so, but I believe it's different. Personally. Yeah. But again, there's no correct answer for it. So. I just know a bunch of... I don't know a lot of weebs, but I know they exist, right? <laughs> but I'm just saying, right? Like, it's interesting that lust will be a driver... Even in a scenario where it will never happen. <laughs> mm. Even where reproducing is just not a possibility. People appear to still feel this attraction and then and then feel the connection. Mm. See, it's bad that the second stage is called attraction because it becomes a little confusing. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. But you're going only through like, so you're not even going through the stage lust because you're not you're not doing the checklist and you're clearly not hanging out with that person you know you're not right working yeah. on it you're not working you're getting, towards the getting, second stage you can't just get in the visual sensory <laughs> yeah so I think it's not and that's releasing dopamine so neurologically that wouldn't be called love it would no, just be it can't be it would literally just be horniness I don't yeah. know how well to describe it. <laughs> I yeah. was trying to find a nice word, but which is going to be you're lo- literally horny. Which is going to be lust. Yeah, see, but on the stage, it doesn't fulfill that stage. No, no, not even like a part of it, maybe, but not even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People would describe it as love, though. Yeah, 
and they they go into obsession so that's interesting and this is what I mean like they would feel love they would probably describe it as love Mm. but it's not (laughs) I mean it could be for them but biologically can it be well I don't know if you watched this video but there was this guy who really loved his car I've seen this and I'm not gonna describe the video because it's cringe to watch but good on him (laughs) for finding it right Right, but I, people will have that with so many things. Yeah. So many different objects and whatnot. But I think that's different in a way. So I think it still would... I would myself classify oh, it as a love. I 100% acknowledge that it's different. But I think it's different on the sense... And I'm so sorry if you're that person on the other side. But I think that is, unfortunately, a disorder. Of falling in mad love for something that is non-existent, right? That that has to be tied to something. Maybe you can't get love yourself, so you you throw yourself into something that is in that like unexistent, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where I was going from. I didn't expect anything. I was just kind of like, I just think. Well, it's an interesting point. It's a long one. An interesting, yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> <laughs> My brain, I'm telling you. <laughs> nah, no, I don't want to hear that excuse again. <laughs> that was a bad episode excuse. This is a yeah. good episode. <laughs> okay, Rem- remind me of my point. Oh. Your point was people feel very strongly about inanimate objects and that would tie it to love and people would describe it as love. And what I was saying yeah, is, I get you. and basically what I was saying is, I think I would classify it as love still, but I think that would be tied to a disorder or an issue that they yeah, have okay. in a, in their personal lives. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, because I still think it's love, and I I think it deviates where at my initial, mm. my initial parting of the roads where it's not technically in love. But like I, I acknowledge you can still feel it. See, some people would feel extremely in love with it, and I acknowledge that. So I believe someone can be completely in love with an inanimate object, but I do believe that has probably something to do with their personal lives or their brain function, yeah. <laughs> because because it's not extending your bloodline. <laughs> no, biologically that doesn't make any sense. No, so it feel it's it's this is gonna be a weird one to take into my own personal observations on things see but maybe we just say we love things that we should instead be saying we like mm-hmm. but it'd it, it be an interesting no yeah I've disconnected <laughs> from how I originally thought love I've just yeah. my brain's now just thinking of it as a like okay of most things yeah yeah okay whereas <laughs> you just like love does not exist <laughs> whereas like yeah right whereas when i started the podcast I was, it was like yeah i was thinking of the romantic sense yeah was where the word love was directly tied to yeah so how do you see it now because you're kind of leaving me in the dark and whoever's listening at this point oh, i'm struggling so much to put a coherent thought together on it but I mean, I still think I don't really know. I I still think love is tied to the connection. Yep. I believe so as but well. But like... I, I do believe it's romantic to that side. There is 
other types of love but i don't think it goes into the extent of but i think my like i think it i think it is tied heavily to the biological need to 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 reproduce yeah Mm -hmm. and finding it like a, a good suitable candidate for that beyond what is just your personal like beyond surface level of yeah visual and like beyond well, what, what most people look for is someone that can complete them so basically the whole they don't understand they probably don't know it's a philosophical yeah. way to look at it but it is but i guess now my like i more encompassing of the of the, the all the different factors that contribute towards it yeah i think there are a lot of them um but i believe as well that it's really tied to biological sense and yeah. we don't even notice a lot of that happening but it's just happening it's crazy that it, that we don't notice it happening we don't notice a lot of things happening though. but you can feel these things happening you can that's what butterflies on the stomach are and etc yeah. etc but it's not something that you think about it you feel it and you're like oh i feel fuzzy <laughs> yeah <laughs> and extra happy or whatever so those feelings are <laughs> gonna be love i think it's a part of it yes and then you have the well in the neuroscience perspective you get to the last stage which maybe my definition is gonna be just like a very very close to what was described it's just gonna be the encompassment of these feelings yeah (laughs) amen on obsessive stage all my serotonin is low (laughs) dopamine high (laughs) i am the kind of idiot that would probably do some stupid assessment on myself like that (laughs) Hey man, it's not stupid if it's helping you. It is to probably admit, but like, <laughs> hey man, again, it's, there's no right. It's where my brain went, but the sec- that's how that's how I that's how we came up with the prompt with the question, right? Is like the what's happening? Why? Why is this so strong? Because it is so strong. But maybe I think when we talk about love, I don't. I don't think. I think. I think just loving something is the attract is the is the bond and being in love is that honeymoon phase mm. yeah I mean, but maybe sense. maybe that honeymoon phase can like just continue yeah. right like if <laughs> if they're suitable like i don't know are, are there scenarios where like the dopamine serotonin and all those levels don't necessarily return to previous but they maintain at a slightly higher level mm-hmm. is it do you reckon that that's a possibility sorry you're gonna have to go back i'm kind of looking at what dopamine does real yeah. quick just so we can update it but can you repeat that one real quick i'm just kind of saying like in the third stage <clears throat> yeah. being, being the attachment mm-hmm. instead of the uh, levels flat flattening out to what they are prior to the stages initiating mm. do you reckon they resume at a slightly higher level of dopamine yeah and then that would what be that would be the continuation of love probably I mean it becomes normal it becomes a normality right yeah so I don't know it's an interesting one because I guess you don't have those feelings of very highs and very lows anymore. It's just platonic. It becomes part of your day-to-day life. Exactly. And it's that feeling of normality. <clears throat> and it's like, it, is the love 
the love has to like the love is still there yeah the love's still there you still do things together you still feel fuzzy feelings it's just not as intense and obsessive obsessive as before yeah so i believe that's why but people I think love those the hanging phase i think those obsessive obsessive stages can still return yeah i would say yeah no but from watching relationships go on it doesn't seem that way very much no seems like yeah because the obsessive stage is really obsessed and then you have the platonic stage which you still love each other and you still do things together and you're still happy uh right yeah. around um that situation or that environment and you're you're technically addicted to that person right so yeah i get you i just feel like maybe even even though it can be normality for like an extended period of time you could still have moments where you go on a, a date night or something and those feelings of obsession come back i think so but I, what i understand is not as strong yeah i guess yeah. neither of us have really been in uh, you've been in the longest relationship of us too but yeah i don't think either of us have been in long enough to talk on that experience well i'm talking on the science side and yeah. also watching other people's relationships because i'm a people watcher yes <laughs> creep yeah yeah and that's it's like people are cute even when they're like in wrong relationships long relationships right they're still doing pda and being happy together right and i yeah. think that is an increase in dopamine so tying back to what you were saying but it's still normality it's just like you will hold hands maybe less when you're in the attachment stage over the sorry you yeah. hold hands more over the attachment stage over the att- attraction state yeah i understand yeah, yeah. i understand what you're saying yeah um it's not that you love them less it's just it became part of your day-to-day so when that person leaves or you lose that person that's when it becomes really sad because that's literally your normality <laughs> yeah you are fully addicted to that situation and then it's funny the relationships <clears throat> move really quickly i like just a addiction to the dopamine addiction to the the attraction phase do you reckon i think so i mean i th- i mean i think so yeah and that's funny like yeah once the once the yeah, I, I'm I'm curious of the timelines of these of these stages. Hmm. I think it's I think it's subjective, and that you can get addicted to the dopamine release and it, and the serotonin drop, and you probably okay. make a bunch of rash decisions to. So I did a quick research, so mm-hmm. so we can actually update the people the listening episode. and ourselves because we clearly don't really know what we're talking about half of the time so that's fine that's okay <laughs> so dopamine well is called happy hormone right yep. it results for well feeling of well-being primarily driven by brain reward system it spikes when experience something pleasurable that's it on that one yeah yep but 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 dopamine knows a feel-good hormone does not only increase the response in pleasure but also to stress New study finds a new study finds the study conducted by researchers from blah 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 puts a lot of previous known about happiness hormones in question. So basically 
what this says as well is oh here we go um whoops let me go back among other effects too much dopamine could leave brain to weight negative inputs too highly this could result in paranoia often seen in schizophrenic patients or anxiety huh so increase your response to stress not stress and anxiety anxiety it could it could too much dopamine apparently so it is linked to happiness and i think that's when you're having a bad time on a drug or something like that or what we're talking about falling in love it likely would or yeah it makes sense in the but i think he has it gets triggered very easily yeah and i believe i believe he has a lot to do with the other chemicals that are going through your brain as well right so if your serotonin is really low then you're likely to be like more sad about things or like less with it be less out of con be less in control um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And so you, and you're going to respond stronger to these mm, feelings so our understanding of dopamine is pretty pretty shallow because we see dopamine as one chemical when there's a lot more going on yeah it's merely one piece of the puzzle yeah there's a lot a, so. lot, a lot happening neuroscience is so interesting so complex it is amazing um it's funny how it's funny how much we know and how little we know it's (laughs) well it goes to everything almost so yeah it's cool i'm sure we'll look into love in the other what were the other domains because it was philosophical we've did we've done the we did a little bit of philosophical there is a lot more into philosophy into yeah but we unfortunately we 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 covered the neuroscience and then there's like a spiritual a religious you have a spiritual cultural a cultural context yeah yeah so for example arranged marriages for example what do you think of arranged marriages (laughs) oh i've heard of arranged marriages in the context of islamic faith and culture Mm -hmm. and it makes sense (laughs) yeah go on in that context I don't think it's a bad idea. Well, continue, please. So you're just telling me how good it is, but... Well, see, I don't know how much I want to comment on it because of how much I might get wrong about the culture and the way it, and the way it works. But I think... Well, the, you can't agree with something that you but don't But I think the, the fundamental reasons why I agree with it, I mm. think it removes, from what I've heard again, is it removes a bunch of promiscuity, promiscuity that happens in, in the West. Uh-huh. So... The girl sleeps around a lot less. But why is that a problem? I don't see. I don't know. I, I, this, I'm like, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I didn't mean to put it in a spot, but you just throw that one at me. I don't know what to say. I don't know. I think it would keep a relationship more pure. Yeah, but you still can have a pure relationship after having a lot of sex before their relationship. Yeah, in fact, I reckon you can find a better partner. <laughs> By well, finding out know. how good they are s- in bed. <laughs> I don't know why you want me to sit here and say that I like. I, it's impossible for me to say that I prefer it. Well, I'm just trying to understand why you and agree it's with impossible it. Impossible. Well, I don't disagree with it. Okay. Well, neither. I don't disagree with cultural perspective of it, but yeah. Why do you agree with it? Uh, it seems like a. Like, a, why does it matter per se? What What, what do you mean by matter? Why does someone sleeping around matters before a relationship? I think it matters in, in, in their cultural context. Oh, in their cultural context, yes. And that's why I mean, I, that's you. why I'm, that's, <laughs> no, but this is what I'm saying is I think that's why 
arranged marriages work. Okay. That's why I like the idea of arranged marriages because in the context of that society, it makes sense. It makes sense. To reserve... why, though? Like, why does it make sense for that society specifically? Why is it any different? Like, why does that culture view... Yeah, because you're telling me it makes sense, but we're missing a really important part, which is what it what makes sense with what right so yeah it it reduces promiscuity probably other things amongst that but i don't why culturally speaking does that matter i'm not too sure on, okay. on why reduce why that being low is more important in their country than it is to with, us with us yeah as you're saying, it probably has something to do with I religious think, beliefs. I think but... generally speaking, I would rather have someone who's slept with less people than more people. I mean, I've... It's not something that I've really put a whole lot of thought into. I've thought about this because... Uh, yeah, I have thought about this. <laughs> I don't think I care very much as long as my experience with that person isn't affected from those past experiences. You know, like, for example, that person comes to me and starts talking about their body count. Like, not that it matters that they have slept with so-and-so and whatever, and yeah. or how many people, but it's just... Oh, see, I don't know, actually. Do I even care about that? <laughs> like, I have had this conversation, and it just feels like that person is open to you, you know? But I don't think either really matters. I now mean, that I think about it. To me, to me, sorry. <laughs> so we're all, I don't know what we're, what are we discussing here? Just kind of like if body count matters. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, that's what promiscuity goes back to. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I think you generally, I would prefer, like if you just have to put preference on it, it's going to be less opposed to more. But why though? Is that insecurity related? Maybe it's insecurity related. Maybe. I don't. I haven't. I haven't thought. <laughs> That's a lot. fair. I'm sorry. I, I haven't not, thought a lot about. I'll stop putting it in the spot. I'm definitely I'm not. Sorry. I'm, I'm, sorry. De- <laughs> I'm definitely not insecure. Like I don't know what there is to be insecure about. Yeah, because if you're if that person is in love with you, they. I think it says more about the other person. If they are with you, to... if they're with you. Doesn't matter who they slept with, you know, because yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, love. Yeah, we go yeah, back to yeah, love but, now. But 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 I'm I'm assuming that that the importance of the body count has an impact on if they're going to be with you or not. <laughs> like it's a it's yeah. Like I'm assuming that it's a or not not a criteria, but it's like that there is, you know, like I ain't marrying someone who's been with five thousand people before. Hence, there has to be a number. But well, we're and talking. Going, we're we're talking about like, sex primarily, right? So, do you, do you mean just sex, or do you mean following up to, I don't know, dating other people? Because that I would agree with that in a sense. If someone dated a lot of people, that would make me a little insecure in that relationship. But them having sex with other people really seems quite natural to me to myself i feel like sex is a very natural thing that happens and you can have as much of it (laughs) as you want because it doesn't really affect your lovingly relationship but someone who dated a lot of people and ended every single time it kind of falls back into will my relationship survive this right is i guess yeah like am i just gonna gonna end up being another person in this big (laughs) 
yeah on the blob of in this big this chain of this person's decisions yeah. But I mean, yeah. if you chose that person, you shouldn't be insecure about it. You know, you just make the most no, of it. And- no, I don't. I don't think it's insecurity. Mm. I don't think it's insecurity. Yeah, I think it's just what I, you. I just what think, we hear, and I just think at a certain point, maybe there. it's more telling of the type of person they are. They are. But we're going back a few episodes now. The person who they were is not the person who they are. Right. Yeah, people change. Very continuously. People go through phases and etc. You never know who you're dating. You could be dating someone who never, ever had sex. And then after they break up with you, they have a lot of sex. Yeah. Or it could be the other way around. Or yeah, yeah. it could be none of the uh, none of the above. Yeah, I guess so. So, yeah, you can never tell. <laughs> it's a mystery. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> An interesting one. I'd like... Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I can't speak to all this. I'm just saying there is a, some, yeah, I don't know why, nat- but I think it's what people talk about and it's just something that stays in your brain and you just spits it out when you don't think about it, but, but I, sol- I, I solidly it. agree on it. Like in, mm. like, I do not think I ever am going to say I am completely indifferent to how many people they've slept with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a, anything that like I don't think I'll ever subscribe to that idea that's fair and so I'll, you would never date a porn actress right? and I'll definitely <laughs> never subscribe to the idea of wanting to be in a relationship with someone who's slept with more people opposed to less see I don't think I care but fair enough <laughs> see but you would have a preference no I actually don't have a preference at all about this you're just completely indifferent to marrying pretty, someone who's pretty indifferent about that people. if they're marrying me that means I won so I was better than all those people and it's just dot point on that one <laughs> like I sucks g- to suck man <laughs> I get it I get it yeah and to be fair that person's probably gonna have more experience than <laughs> I see I see what you mean like it's just not a big factor in your no it's just something that I don't mean. think it's a big factor in mine either I'm just like I'm not just saying that either it, it's just something that I have thought about and it's just like it really you were doesn't matter just- at the end of the day yeah it's something that i have been insecure about in the past and i fully admit to it but it's something that doesn't really matter well i anymore. guess i'll throw i'll throw the question back to you then mm. being in the what, what do you think of the arranged marriages what do i think i actually find that very interesting because i neither agree or disagree because obviously it's a cultural thing right so it doesn't really matter but i have heard really good things about it yeah yeah also really bad things but we all know the bad things here right yeah. you, <laughs> bad things you don't have a choice <laughs> you being literally sold <laughs> it feels pretty what, weird yeah what, what what context what what culture talking about probably around like old indian culture yeah just like you get sold basically so yeah. you okay. sell yeah. your daughter to a richer family you would never sell your son you'd sell your daughter because yeah. Unfortunately, they seemed as less in those cultures, but that's all right. Whatever, we'll, we'll continue. The positives that I have heard is from older couples now, but people who were through arranged marriages, and they were saying how it kind of skips the whole idea of you needing to find a partner. Yeah, because you just arranged to it, so you don't the the promiscuity it seem as negative to all of them you know it's just a sense of 
I am so glad I didn't have to go through the selection phase. I just, I, I had, I had it chosen to me, right? Some people hate that idea, but some people actually seem to like it, you know? Who, who is in charge of the, um, the choosing process in, the, the parents. in that culture? The parents. Mutually, the mum and dad. Mum and dad, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, the mum doesn't have much say in it because women are less on those cultures. Yeah, yeah. So, then, yeah. the dad <laughs> yeah. had the most say. And yeah. they would try usually to sell to a richer family. The daughter not the son <laughs> yeah yeah see i find it ridiculous don't get me wrong but because it seems it seems a little sad if you if you just putting your offspring into something they will despite but it seems that it can be also a, a yeah. good thing so that's why i'm indifferent about it because i haven't lived it i can't really speak for yeah. certainty but it's it's a very interesting one <laughs> Yeah, and this is what, like, the my understanding of the Islamic culture is that, like, both, like, both parties still need to be interested in each other. Oh, okay. There's just, it's just kind of more like a, um, it's like we meet, like, this is, I've probably just watched some YouTube video and mm. they covered it briefly, is it would be like, I meet you, I like you, we get along cool. And then I just go straight to your dad. <laughs> Yo, I'm interested in your daughter. <laughs> we might meet a couple times. Your dad has the job of... Is of, that how it is? ...of sizing me up. Because arranged management is different than that. Arranged marriage is basically... Right. When uh, your, your you parents... Just in, in Indian... Arrange in, your marriage. See, but I think this is like... I think that's where maybe like the con- the context is... A mm. super important I think these are because that's what happens here man I think these right. are arranged because the father arranges it it's like if the dad goes nah no no way like there's more but this still happens in any culture though that's yeah. not just uh, I think less so in the west though kind of it's very cultural for you to meet the parents and 100%. if they like or dislike you right 100% it, but may, it may be like the, a bootleg version decision. of it but to it's not the parents decision yeah but that's not really a range marriage i'm sorry yeah okay so you're, yeah. you're just straight talking about i'm talking about a range marriage yeah like mostly when people don't really what, have a we're choice just purchasing them you basically that's basically what happens yeah oh <laughs> maybe not the purchasing anymore but yeah it's your parents just choose and that usually happens when you're oh, very okay. young I your parents I, choose I, I, I understand your question now and i kind of took it on my own little adventure yeah I have heard the slum one where it's like not just a slum one, but I think I have heard the the parents still talk to each other and then they let the person talk to the other one. If they're interested or not, then cool, we continue with this arranged marriage. If not, then whatever, you know. But the parents choose basically. Yeah, I just think it like <laughs> it, it just fast tracks the dating and just goes straight to. Well, that's what they say. That's straight, to, straight, yeah. straight to marriage. And then, like, in the dating phase, there's, there's no one sleeping around or whatever. And I think, like, that's a good thing for their culture, given yeah, it's important in their culture. Why it's important in their culture? Not really sure. Who knows? I do think it's important people who actually... Maybe it's just important to their religion and hence important uh, to their oh, culture. Okay. I do believe that is important but for arranged, people to go around. Arranged marriages. Okay, no, you're literally not going to let me say that. Oh, well, go on. <laughs> I want to answer your actual question. Okay. Because apparently I didn't. 
All right, go. Go for it. I feel like I have to be indifferent about it just because I feel like some of them are going to work, some of them aren't going to work. It just feels like a very... (laughs) I mean, you kind of don't have a choice. You're there for life is the idea of it. Yeah, it feels like a weird way that just completely bypasses how we described love. Yeah. But you could fall in love with that person as well. Yeah. Out of no choice. And so it might work in the cultural context, but I think you, you sacrifice a lot of... There's a possibility of sacrificing love. It's an interesting love. one. I think that is something that is dying over time just because people are realizing it's kind of immoral <laughs> to put people through situations they don't want to go through. But some people like it, so... Yeah, and see, this is why I think maybe cultural context is important. Like, it is may- very important. Like, may- maybe it is still viewed favorably by a lot of parties. I believe it is in a lot of places, especially because that's what happened to them, so they want their kids to do it so as well. Yeah. Um, but what was I saying? That you cut me off like five times? <laughs> Not sure, because I cut you off. So. Damn, man, that's so sad. That's okay. I'm paying attention to what my you're bad. saying. I'm glad. I, my I'm brain just, my brain was like, <laughs> oh, I, ever since I got the, ever since I got the arranged marriage context wrong, I was my brain was just wanted to answer that as soon as possible. But that's fair. Let me let me do let you talk a bit. I'm going to do a quick research on what arranged marriage means because um, I'm just winging it on my own. Yeah, man, go for it. You spit spit some lines. Spit some lines. I don't know what about, man. You're gonna have to help. Um, well, about you, literally not letting me talk. How about that one? Oh, I love not letting Dan talk. A marriage plan and agreed by the families or guardians of the couple concerned rather than by the couples themselves. That's what arranged marriage means. Yeah. Like, just by definition. Up, just look up if Islam has it, or if, I don't know, I forget the country. Okay. I, I believe they do. I believe they do. Um, Islam meaning religion of Islam Muslims. is the religion. Yeah. No, I, I, it's what silly. it's what it popped up. <laughs> um, boom! Regular arranged slam marriages through negotiation are typically according to parental wishes. Although sometimes a son will also suggest a woman of his choice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a more like nuanced cultural thing, though. Yeah. I definitely think that is better than the arranged marriage you described. <laughs> yeah, but they still... See, the woman doesn't really have a choice on that one, which is still pretty similar. Yeah. yeah. And still something that I don't agree with. But it is cultural, and people like it. Even though apparently I've seen like old women talking about it. I watched a few videos because I was actually kind of interested on that. Because I thought it was so like out of my scope like it's not something that's never gonna happen to me you know so yeah um so i was watching it and this woman was like yeah no it was difficult at the beginning but that's how she basically just said that's how it is <laughs> so yeah um, huh. it's an interesting one see it's interesting because it would never work in in the west i mean no, could. i don't think it, uh... people do it in the west I think in the West you just get a divorce if it's not working. Yeah. In a lot of scenarios. Yeah, you're right. 
Divorce, divorces and breakups are pretty common in the West. And this, and that's what I mean is I think like, I think it speaks heavily. Like I think you're, when talking about these things, it's more talking about the culture than the actual. I like thing. I like that people are have the right to choose what they want. That's something that I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see the freedom as yeah. Freedom's good, man. As, as important? Yeah. They're not much freedom. And they I'm pretty sure there are sanctions if you don't follow. You know, I just don't know them, so I'm not going to open my mouth. Yeah. Could it could it could trail off into an interesting conversation into what level of of, of freedom becomes destructive? What level of freedom becomes destructive? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really long one, isn't it though? <laughs> And we're still talking about love. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any more questions about love. I don't. Oh well, I was going to trail off to something a bit more on topic, and it was I was going to talk about the industry of love because I know that's a that is a big one as well. Like sex workers. <laughs> is that what you mean? <laughs> the industry of love. <laughs> no, um, the industry of love basically ties into art. It ties into music, <laughs> like right? restaurants and. Not restaurants per se, but people make art directed to love. So things that are expressions of expressions of yes. So that's the industry of love, and yeah, that's what I, I meant you. by it. I get you. I thought that was a interesting one and on topic. <laughs> what were your What were your thoughts? What are my thoughts on it? Um, I find it quite of a big industry. <laughs> People make a lot of money out of it. It's wild. People sell the idea of their perspective of love and they make a lot of money of it. Yeah. And um, it's an interesting one with um, singers mostly. When they, they just sing about their experiences and people love it and they believe that that's how it should be. And they base the entire... People love it. Love it? Love it. They literally love it. They, they have a connection to it. They do. Yeah, I mean, I think I think in the yeah, in the context of art, emotion is such a powerful, a powerful, like uh, source of inspiration. Mm-hmm. And it, when it comes to music or paintings or anything, it it's very um, very very relatable. It's so strong, so relatable that sometimes when you come across artistic expression of such an emotion you can find ways that it's been expressed that that really resonate with you yeah beyond how some people or other might have interpreted and beyond ways that you would personally be able to express it do you reckon people write a lot and feel these feelings on the attachment phase very much um attachment phase and breakups uh, tend to be a source for music. I think it would have been the attachment phase and break. Oh, attachment? Attraction. Attraction phase and yeah. the breakup for what I would say. Attraction and attachment, very similar words. It's starting to complicate my brain. <laughs> it is. It, it's, got, it's got me. It, it had me from the bloody moment you said both of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the obsession creates art and the the sadness of the loss creates but i think every time music 
Correct me if I'm wrong if I've just been listening to like... Uh, I don't know, man. Weed. <laughs> but like, I swear most most artistic expression of love comes from breakups. It seems like it's the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah. The most common now is not even love, love. It's more like... <laughs> promiscuity. How about that? Yeah, right? Which yeah. is where my mind instantly went <laughs> when you when you said area like what would you, what was it work art <laughs> industry of love industry of love <laughs> i mean do sex workers really work for the industry of love or the industry of pleasure aha uh-huh. uh, industry of pleasure yeah 100% <laughs> <laughs> be strange if they're you, not there for any love be bro be strange if you answered love there <laughs> but it'd be love for some the yeah, but they can't pursue it. The, the, you know? the, the clients <laughs> would perceive love. They would. Well, how do you perceive love, you know? Pleasure isn't love. It's different. No. But some people might. Yeah, you're right. Some people might interpret their attraction as love. Yeah. People with, like, less experience on it, I guess, would mm. usually... Yeah. That's why teenagers fall in love so quickly. Just they're not experienced to the idea, so they just they're like, oh, that yeah. that girl or that boy is so cute. I absolutely love him. I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> <laughs> right before they even talk to them. <laughs> yeah, the obsession comes even before. That's wild. Actually, I didn't think about that. See, do you reckon that's a just happens in teenagers? Like what? Like yeah. I don't think it's only teenagers, but I, I'm pretty sure with no study done whatsoever, yeah, that teenagers would have that more, just because of hormones oozing out of their bodies, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Like just the the yeah. developmental phase stage of the brain. Yeah, I wonder what age you would be predominant though, which would be an interesting oh, one. I. Not even the feeling of love, but the feeling of obsession. Because teenagers feel very obsessed about things. <laughs> I've there's there's some nugget of information that I've that I know that's like escaped me at the moment. That kind of like it's the same reason that making friends is easier at that stage in life. Is it easier though? Like it's I yeah Whoa. I think so <laughs> I think so. It's easier to bond over just smaller things. Oh, we have the same favorite TV show. Oh, we're friends now. But that happens still, man. I don't know if we're young. That, still, ha- that happens still like, to the point. But I feel like my dad bonds out of that sort of stuff. You know. I feel you. <laughs> I, I, I feel you. But these are these are friendships that then last a lifetime. Okay. And it's like how how likely is that to happen now over over such a such, such a medial topic? It's usually how conversations start it's yeah but i think it's like the this is what i mean this the nugget of information is is there but it's not <laughs> it's there yeah. but faded and, and crusty oh, and like i'm interested you know, on that kinda, one kinda, like the important part has run it away come on <laughs> but i think that's why those mm-hmm. feelings are so much stronger the, the feelings when you're a teenager are definitely more intense I remember falling in love as a teenager and 
my god man yeah <laughs> never never felt that again <laughs> i felt different ways and just as good or whatever but wow it was ah. intensive and obsessive it was obsessive I, yeah that's how i remember it <laughs> Yeah. weirdly obsessive but so much <laughs> didn't even need to know the person to be so obsessed like <laughs> god damn <laughs> yeah 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 it's funny young love bro young love <laughs> young love and when he happens is like wild it's, it's funny hmm. it's beautiful that it lasts for some yeah some people stay forever after that that's beautiful I reckon I reckon that's all that that's to be cherished growing up together that's I reckon that's beautiful if it's a healthy relationship if it's not then that kind of sucks <laughs> I'm yeah. so sorry you cannot break up with your partner because you do not yeah because you just don't have the experience to break up <laughs> sorry <laughs> I hope you have a healthy relationship <laughs> I was talking about the love that extends yeah now some people I'm a terrible breakup person i cannot break up for like the life of me i will say it but not do it it's bad <laughs> it's bad because i know how i'm feeling it's just the i feel so terrified of the feeling afterwards because i know how it feels yeah i get you um i remember i've been bad at it in my past times yeah <laughs> i'd like to feel that i'd be better at it now but <laughs> probably not <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's be real yeah, we ain't gonna find out till it happens so. that's true I mean hopefully it doesn't have hopefully, to go to that point hopefully right? it doesn't happen so yeah. Yeah. hopefully only the first stage happens not the breakup Fact. stage <laughs> true true oh I was watching a video today that, um, I guess he kind of oh the industry of love <laughs> yeah 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 he kind of ties back to this right but mm-hmm. um it was kind of about love and um, relationships in general. It doesn't technically need to be an affectionate relationship, but it could be like a friendship, right? It's, um, it was sort of around the, f- um, the fact that everything's temporary. You choose someone, if, even if you're for life with them, even if you stay forever with them, you're not technically forever with them. You're still going to die. They're still going to die. You know, so you're you're still choosing something temporary for your own always everything you choose is temporary (laughs) yeah and it's an obvious statement but it's really interesting to put into perspective (laughs) right even if you're like soulmates for life you're still either gonna mourn that person or that person's gonna have to mourn you you know um it's a it's a heavy one you love they have towards your kids Temporary. <laughs> yeah. Very nihilistic. Very nihilistic. But it's true. <laughs> In fact, it is true. It, it is. It's a that, fact. That, you're not wrong. It's a, It's basically just a statement. Just people don't put into perspective. Please don't have a mental crisis after this episode. <laughs> I'm not Whoever's gonna. listening. I'm not gonna. I don't. <laughs> 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 this stress of dopamine, bro. Oh, God damn, God damn, <laughs> Too God much. Damn. <laughs> For the context, if you made it this far, we're both single. <laughs> talking about love. Yep. I assume we'd be talking about it differently. It'd be interesting if we would talk about it differently in a relationship. 
it was a funny one to listen to this one is um how people see these things differently and of course with love it's very dependent on where you are in life so if you just broke up you don't want to be listening to who, whatever that person is saying no <laughs> sorry that's, that's, funny. that's funny that is funny um but yeah if you also just fell in love i don't think that advice is either good you know it's probably just as bad but the complete opposite extreme <laughs> yeah but i think still viewing it like we did from the neurological perspective the neuroscience perspective i is, think so is, is always interesting i've viewed love the same way for a very long time it's obviously things here and there change for example the insecurity of that person having all the partners prior to me or whatever that's something that i've had and it kind of went away um mostly in my teenage years that was a problem but yeah don't really care right now honestly i think i i think i've just always categorized it as an emotion really yeah love yeah yeah and then when prompted to go for a definition on like the, the connection like see the, again the it, bond. it's an emotion that's that's how we describe it but neurologically it's just biological it's nothing yeah it's just it's yeah. just well, but again what, what is emotion yeah emotions are biological yeah exactly. it's, it's just it's just release of chemicals in the, in the brain you are right you are right all right well we're at now 45 did you want to talk about the the one that we, we were going to talk about like what is too much freedom like uh where where do we draw the line of freedom wait what that's was the question that? right oh where was too how was like when was too much freedom det- yep. detrimental yep oh do you want to talk about <laughs> it or do you want to end it now and we talk about it we can probably time. talk about it the next one we'll probably okay. talk we'll leave we'll leave we'll leave, the list we'll leave this on one on as a, the love on one a, on a cliffhanger <laughs> yes on the next episode no i'm kidding ah uh, well we love you our listeners oh i'm not gonna say that i we're don't not, know we're not in love with them dan i don't know you very well listener i'm sorry <laughs> maybe some of you hi megan <laughs> <laughs> how you doing bro <laughs> who else listens to it if you shout made it, out to if you made it this far well loving is different to being in love right well, I wasn't saying I no, love I'm not Megan. In, let's step back here. I'm not saying I'm not love in Megan. love with our listeners. <laughs> I, no, see, again, no. I love them. I'm grateful for you love spending them. your time to listen to our ideas. Yes, it's actually it's a cool, it's an interesting one because we do look at the status afterwards, and it's like people all around the world listening to it, and it's quite interesting to say the least. <laughs> it is interesting. It is. It's. So it's a funny feeling. It's not the feeling of I'm becoming famous. It's just a really strange, like, yo, really? Someone from, where was it? Belgium listening to I us? I think so, yeah. What? And you have some people in America who have like, like they listen to episodes and then they listen to the latest episode. Dude, it's actually so sick. It's so, it's cool. That's it what is. I mean. I love, I love whoever loves listening to this. 
See, but I well again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fall into that one. Well, you clearly like. I like that people are doing so, and but again, for selfish reasons. <laughs> I hope you can take away something from it, but I love this for for what it is and what I can see. I can't see them listening. But I do like looking at the status I the afterwards. Be- I guess the better way of saying it is I love <clears throat> that people are enjoying it. Yes. That is that is a good way to put it. And I, <laughs> I would agree with it, Lamau. Shut up, Daniel. I <laughs> I believe the same. Yes. That I would put it that way. But I like them because they like the same stuff that we like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe. Or maybe they just like the idea of opposites because we don't think very much the same, you and I. No. No. Maybe it's just the... the we have, we maybe have it's a just few. The, the interaction. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? That's the, but it's still the things we like, though. It's still mm-hmm. the ideas because I don't have these conversations with a lot of people. Me neither. I actually don't have it with anyone else. Not this deep. <laughs> Not no. to this level. And, like... Imagine if you didn't have someone like myself and I didn't have someone like yourself. Mm. Oh, well, I already said I love you, man. What else do you want from me? <laughs> I don't love the listeners. I'm sorry. Yeah, I really just, like that you enjoy the podcast. We're talking about the listeners and the listeners can't even like have their own say. Yeah, listeners, have a chat. I mean, we have Instagram. You can always oh, we do, actually. pop in there. The DNE podcast. Yeah. I think there's an underscore DNE underscore podcast. Apparently, we have had 171 listeners at for the whole time we've been a thing. There's more. There's been more than that. 171 listens. Yeah. Total. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, wow. last know. study days 105. Kind of cool. <laughs> I thought there was more than that. Oh, you're disappointed. Are you not in love anymore <laughs> with the listeners? Hey, we so have like sorry. ten. We have like ten people who listen to every episode. Those people, those people are cool. Hell yeah, <laughs> they're the they're the fans. <laughs> yeah, they're cool. Hell yeah, they're cool. <laughs> um, who else listens to us though? Out of our friend group. Um, Actually, we said we weren't going to talk about this, so we'll we'll skip that. I don't know if anyone's comfortable with names being spat out, so. <laughs> yeah, I hesitated there. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's a good point. I already said a name, so I know I know three people, but we have ten people who listen regularly. So seven of you are just remaining a mystery, huh? <laughs> yes, I guess we don't know you. <laughs> Maybe we could love you. <laughs> well, I'm already does. Maybe I could. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. I'll talk to you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Unless. Haha. <laughs> okay, this is going. I don't know if you have access to it. But... <laughs> oh, that's what I'm saying. Follow us on Instagram. Oh, I don't have access to Instagram. Yeah, no, so, you, so you can't talk to them. I don't. I can't. I mean, through Raymond, I'll talk through. We'll give we'll give you access. Yeah, can I please? Actually, I wanted to post something the other day, but I don't know how you share <clears throat> access on Instagram. Me neither. We well, anyway, that's a conversation for <laughs> us to have, and not for we someone else to have to hear conversation about love and. The neuroscience and the philosophy of different cultures in Australia. <laughs> how to make other people how use your I, Instagram. How do I share Instagram <laughs> with my friend, bro? <laughs> so bad. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. And um, we hope you enjoyed the 10th episode, big double digits. Uh, the people listening 
big contributor as to how we've even kept this going and why we continue to do it. Really do hope so. Yes, I, I personally don't keep going because of the listeners, but it is something that I don't. But motivates good, me to do it a bit I, more. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's not why I do it, but it's a good. It's a great motivation. I for whoever is thinking about making a podcast or something like that, and you're listening to it, please do. It's actually an amazing yeah. You should start experience. You should start, start your own thing. Yeah, it's if you want. It's great. It's a good experience. Okay, well, enjoy the rest of your nights or days or whenever you're listening to it. <laughs> yep. Have a good morning, afternoon, night time. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Yoo-hoo! 